Yeah, thank you, brothers. Um, can you hear me? Yes, amen. Uh, didn't didn't that singing help you to just come into the presence of the Lord tonight, brothers and sisters? Uh, anyway, thank the Lord for for this time, even for the whole day. Um, I, it's just been a blessing, a blessing to be together, and uh, a blessing to be in God's Word. A blessing to be with so many seekers of the Lord. Um, it's just wonderful. Well, um, this is our, our final uh, session of fellowship on the Bible, a book for our time. And brothers and sisters, um, this book, this book, which is God's book to us, a personal letter from our father to all his children, this book has always been under attack. This book has always been under attack. There is a battle. There is a battle over this book. Uh, we saw we saw this in a in a uh, short way this this morning. Uh, through throughout the ages, there has been a, an attempt by God's enemy, Satan, to to either uh, extinguish this book, to just put it, uh, get it away from, from man. We gave you that little quick history lesson concerning the dark ages. His attempt, can, and can you imagine the, the tool he used to do that? Can you imagine it was actually the Catholic Church that, that took the Bible away and hid it from the common person. And, and that period of time exactly matches what in history is called the Dark Ages. But the enemy has another tactic. Another tactic is to, to cause us to have doubt over God's word. To consider, is that really the word of God? I mentioned to you this morning how many different languages over 700 translate, uh, 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 translations into over 700 languages, another 1,500 plus, uh, 15, 1,500 of the New Testament, and, and so many, so many different tra translations and portions of the scripture. So the scripture is, is available, but so many people doubt that it's God's word. And you know what? There's a, there's a very precious verse. Brothers and sisters, read the Bible. You'll come upon verses like this, uh, like, like, like 2 Corinthians 2.11. 2 Corinthians 2.11. It says, listen to this, for we are not ignorant. We are not, that, no, sorry, that we may not be taken advantage of by Satan. That we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes or stratagems you know the the bible in the bible god unveils satan's game plan his tactics it's like it's, it's like you're on a team right in a league and and then before the game you get the other team's playbook you're not supposed to do that you know when in athletics you know but but the bible unveils Satan's playbook. 
and, and starting from the beginning, starting from the beginning in cha- Genesis chapter three, you know, the first thing when, when, when Satan, who is introduced as the cunning serpent, first thing he says, when, when, when we meet him, has God said, has God said with a question? You know, it's interesting. Uh, our question mark, it looks like a serpent, you know, up talking to you like this. Has God said, Satan always wants to put doubt over the word of God. So there is a battle historically over the Bible to try to put away the Bible. But that battle has been lost because the Bible is in society. The Bible, in the days that we used to travel, I used to travel a lot for for my work. And whenever you go to a hotel, there's the Bible. The Bible is, every room has a Bible. Now some hotels have other books as well. But every room has a Bible. It's, it's, it's available. It's available. But in our society today, the Bible is under attack from so many directions. Brothers and sisters, the enemy, God's enemy, Satan, wants us to doubt whether the Bible is really the word of God and whether the Bible is really a book for our time. Another tactic of the enemy is to say, oh, the, it's old fashioned. That was for another time. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, I hope we would realize the Bible is a book for today, a book for my time. So there's a battle in in history. There's the battle in society. But maybe you're not bothered by these two things. You have the Bible. Maybe you carry the Bible with you. Maybe it's on your on your phone or you have a, a you have a pocket size. You carry it with you. There's another battle. That battle is in me, is in you, in all of us. Because sometimes, um, face it, we just don't feel like reading. It's there. It's available. But I, there's other things going on in me. And I feel uh, no taste, no taste for the word. Oh, well, we did mention this verse this, uh, this afternoon, I think, First Peter 2, 3. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Through the word, we can taste God. And you know what? It's a cycle. It's a cycle. When we read, when we read the word, we get the taste. And when we get the taste, that, that draws us to read again. It's important. It's important to get the taste for the word. But it's also important to get the habit of reading the word. The habit of reading the word will save us, brothers and sisters. And I, w- I just want to make a big plug for just having a schedule to read the Bible. Oh, I do hope, I do hope that on your campuses or maybe in your states, you, we, could, we, could, we could encourage one another to have some kind of Bible reading schedule or reading challenge. And maybe you're reading on your own. That's, that's, that's great. That's great. But, but we could also add something to read maybe a couple of chapters a week or something to encourage more of us to stay in the habit of reading the word. I tell you, gaining the habit of reading the word is one of the most 
precious things in the Christian life because you'll get a taste for the word of God. And you know what? In my experience, it's very, very interesting. I wonder if this has happened to any of you. I told you this afternoon that I, I got this, um, this uh, habit or I got inspired to read when I was a teenager, started reading on the metro, on the subway. And I had the habit for a while, dropped it and picked it up again. And ever since then, it's been more, more consistent. But I found this, both when I was a teenager, this even happens now. Every now and then, I, I try to keep the habit, read every day, but I miss a day, and I miss another day, busy, traveling, work, whatever, and and then I feel kind of bad. Oh, Lord, I missed my reading, and then and then I, I, you know, I pick it up like three days later. Sometimes it would be a week later. Sometimes it'd be three weeks later. That doesn't happen too much anymore, but in the past when I was younger, and then I pick up where I left off, always good to put a marker there. Always good to put a marker. If not, Genesis and Matthew will be the most read books because that, you know, everybody's starting over, starting over. Don't start over. Just put a marker there. And no matter where you left off, pick it up again. Anyway, I'd pick it up again and I'd read. And wouldn't you know, I'll go to a meeting that week or that night. And they're talking about a verse in that chapter. Has that ever, ever happened to you? Like, Do you realize that if I had not made a mistake, if I had kept my schedule going for those three weeks, I would have read this three weeks ago, and it wouldn't mean as much as it does tonight. It's almost like the Lord was telling me, it's okay. Just keep reading. I have stuff for you. The Lord just encouraged me. He wasn't condemning me. Just keep reading. And that would happen over and over again. And I would read something. And it would just meet my need for that day because I was going through something. There'd be a word of encouragement for me. One, one time I, I, I remember I was reading, just reading the Bible. I stumbled on this verse, Psalm 3, 3. You know what that says? It says that he is my glory and the one who lifts up my head. In the King James Version, it says, it says, my glory and the lifter of my head. I learned that verse when I was a child. I, I learned to sing it. I told you about singing the word. I don't know if any of you know this little song. My glory and the lifter of my head. My glory and the lifter of my head. For thou, O Lord, art a shield to me. The glory and the lifter of my head. Forgive my voice. But when I'm singing to the Lord by myself, he doesn't care. And so, anyway, I'm just reading, and in my daily reading, and I come on this verse, passing through something, that verse just was what I needed that day. I needed, I needed him to be the lifter of my head. You know what that means? You know when you're sad, when you're down, you, you're like this. And he came and just lifted up my head through that verse. Another time, I was going through something. And this, uh, this was when I was, uh, I think I was 17 years old. I was still in high school. I was reading, just reading the Bible. And I came to Psalm 46. And there's a verse there that says, be still and know that I am God. Oh, I, can't, I, I don't have the time to tell you. That verse just ministered to my need exactly. I wasn't like praying, studying. I was just reading. This can happen to you, brothers and sisters. 
This can happen in a very constant way, as long as we're in it, as long as we're reading it. So I, I hope you could do whatever you can to develop this habit and help others around us to, to be in, in, in this habit of reading the word. Well, I want to spend a little time to talk about this point, the functions of the Bible. The functions of the Bible. This just means what the Bible does, what the Word of God does. Do you know the Bible functions in quite a number of ways? Actually, I have an, I'm not going through this outline, but I do have an outline here of 20 functions of the Bible. I'm not going to share them all with you. There's not enough time. But this is not an exhaust, exhaustive list. But the Bible has many, many functions. And I asked the saints to help me to, uh, to put some verses. I'm going to go through these real quick. I may, I may emphasize three or four of them for the sake of, of time. But I, I just want you to know, may, maybe you could write down the references. So you could go back and just ponder, think about, muse over, meditate. Pray over some of these verses to see what the Lord would speak to you uh, about them. But let's go through. I, I, I think we're going to go through maybe 15 or 16 um, uh, portions. But I may have to skip a few because I, I have something to conclude with. But let's begin. Could, could we bring up the, the, the first verses here? Yeah, we have, we have been mentioning these verses, I think, in every session. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is these that testify concerning me, yet you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. And I want to highlight here that the Bible testifies concerning Jesus. That's the first function of the word. The function of the Bible is not to tell us history, not to tell us ethics and morality. The function of the Bible is to, is to show us Christ, show us who is God. It is these that testify concerning me. Okay, next one. Second Timothy 3.15. This talks about salvation. And that from a babe you have known the sacred writings which are able to make you wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, how many of you have a burden for your friends to be saved? For your relatives to be saved? If you want them to be saved, you have to do your best to take in the word of God so that when you speak to them, you're speaking with God, not logic. You're not fighting them with logic. Two things are important when we share the gospel. One is to speak the word of God. The second is to give our testimony. That conquers people. The next one, please. Oh, this is wonderful. Uh, Psalm 125. Actually, we have, we have uh, at least two things here. 25 shows us that the word of God enlivens us. My soul clings to the dust. Doesn't sometimes your soul cling to the dust of this world? You come to the meeting, but you're still in whatever you were in before. So your, your, your being is in the meeting. Your body's in the meeting, but your heart is elsewhere. Our soul clings to that. It's, it's, it's hard to get out of it. We're just down. Oh, I tell you, we touch the word of God, we can get enlivened. So the Bible enlivens us. And the next two verses show that the Bible enlightens us. It shines on us. Sometimes it shines on us to show us our sin. 
Sometimes it shines on us to show us who we are in Christ. You might read a verse and it tells you, I'm a child of light. You might read another verse. It says, we are ambassadors of Christ. We, we get encouraged. We get uplifted. Okay, how about the next one? I know we're running through these real quick. Oh, here's the point. I'll go, uh, 22, in verse 22. For they are life to those who find it and healing to all their flesh. You know that word healing in verse 22 could also be translated as medicine. You know, the word of God is medicine. The word of God can heal us. Have you ever been wounded by your friends? Have you ever been let down by those close to you? We need to, we need inward healing. Oh, I tell you, the word of God can heal us. The word of God can heal us. Next one. First Peter two, we already covered this. This, the word is our food for us to grow. The next one shows the same thing, I think. Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, it's writ- it is written. Man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out through the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4. The word of God is our food. And you know what this points to, brothers and sisters? That means that it's a necessity in our lives. You know, food is a necessity, a basic necessity. And it's also daily daily and for most people throughout the day not just once we need to touch the word to sustain our spiritual life we need to come to the word even a verse that's why it's good to memorize that's why it's good to carry pocket bible or have the bible in your phone that you could come back to the word here and there next uh maybe we'll skip over that one Yeah, that last one talks about that the the word of God is like the rain and the snow. Yeah, we've had quite a bit of snow in the Northeast here. Actually, they've had quite a bit of snow even in places in the South or in the Southwest like Texas. Um, Anyway, here, Jeremiah 23, 23. This is interesting. Have you ever read, read these verses? The prophet who has a dream, let him tell the dream. And he with whom is the word, Let him speak my word faithfully. What is the straw to the grain, declares Jehovah? Is not my word thus like fire, declares Jehovah, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Okay, maybe come back to me, saints. Thanks. In in these two verses, you you have three things. The Bible is the grain. The Bible is a fire. And the Bible's a hammer. (laughs) <laughs> Very interesting. The grain is to feed. The fire is to burn. And then the hammer is to smash. I wonder if you've ever, you've ever experienced the Bible in a positive way, breaking something in you, smashing something in you. Sometimes there are things in us we don't agree with. The Lord doesn't agree with. The only thing that can deal with what's in our heart Maybe there are stones in our heart. You know, the, there's a picture in, in the parable of the sower when the Lord says he sows the seed and, and, and it gets on different types of soil. And there are rocks hidden that don't allow the growth in life. So you might eat the word, but there might be something in our heart, a love for something else, a competing love for someone else. 
a dream that we have. What can break that in us? As much as you try, you can't get rid of it. You need the word of God. We need the word. Just read the word and allow the word to operate. Yeah. Let's keep going. Let's go to the next. Oh, okay. This is like the all-inclusive one here. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and operative and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This was, I think, quoted in our, in our, in our video. The word of God is living and operative. Just trust the word. Be in the word. Let the word dwell in your heart. It will operate. It will divide things in us. It'll divide our spirit from our soul. Trust the word to operate. The next one. Oh, this one, this one is very special. Romans 15, 4. For the things that were written previously were written for our instruction in order that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Uh, I want to I underline these three words, endurance, encouragement, and hope. Endurance, encouragement, and hope. That's good, saints. I think we'll, we'll stop there. Um, brothers and sisters, all of us eventually come to a point in our lives, uh, maybe repeatedly each semester, because of personal life, because of our academic life, because of our living situations, because of the situation at, just in general in society. And these days, the, the, the health situation that we're all facing, life has changed in the last 11 months for all of us. And what happens? We grow weary. We get tired inside. We get tired inside. We get, we, we eventually not, we get discouraged and we lose our hope. Everyone to survive needs hope. To be happy, we need hope. We need hope. I tell you, the, the word of God can restore our hope. The word of God can encourage us. The word is living and operative. And the Lord is with us and the Lord knows. And how does he communicate with us? We talk to him by prayer. He speaks to us through the word. And then once you have the word in you, he will speak to us. He will speak to us by reminding us of the words that are in our heart. Has that ever happened to you? Out of, it seems like out of nowhere, you remember a verse. Or maybe as you're praying to the Lord, even you're praying a verse that you're looking at, right? You're, you're reading it. But as you're praying, another verse comes to mind. What is that? That is two things. That's the word of God dwelling in you richly. That's Colossians 3.16. And that's also the spirit of God reminding you of the words that Jesus has spoken. That's John 14, 26 and 7. He's the reminding spirit. Did you know what's one of his functions? To remind us of what Jesus taught. But 
It's very interesting. In John 14, it talks about the function of the Spirit is to remind, not, not just teach, but remind. To remind implies it was in your mind already, that you got it into you. And then he will remind you of the word. That's why it's important. Just read. Read. Even you don't understand. Just read. Just read. Get it into you. And then read it again. Start to finish. It's valuable to know the word of God. One day, when you least expect it, but when you most need it, the Holy Spirit within us will remind us of that word that we memorized last year or five years ago. I believe many of you have experiences, small experiences like this. That's wonderful. They add up. Do you know there's even a verse in, in, in the scriptures that says the word of God is here a little, there a little, here a little, there a little. By our reading the word, a little here, a little there, a meeting here, a meeting there, a chapter here, a chapter there, I tell you, you, be, you, you end up having a blessed storehouse, an accumulation of the word in you. Then, oh, the Lord can, re, can really take you on. The Lord can really take you on. And I, I don't want the, the saints to bring up the verse, but um, the, the last point that I wanted to make of all the functions of the word is that it is the sword of the spirit. We read that verse earlier today. It is the sword to fight the enemy. And brothers and sisters, all of us sooner or later will be challenged. We'll be challenged in our faith. We'll be challenged by other people. But always remember, our, our fight is not against blood and flesh. There's someone behind them. And the enemy will also come to inject doubts and thoughts, just like Genesis chapter 3. Again, that's his playbook. We should expect it. But Ephesians, Ephesians 6, where it talks about the sword of the spirit, also talks about the flaming darts of the enemy. He shoots these darts into our mind to throw us off, to stumble us, to cause us to doubt God, and to doubt our faith. We need to be equipped with the word. Then a verse could come up in us, again, out of the blue. For example, I, I just thought of a verse because I've read it before, and that is, Revelation chapter 12, and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their soul lives unto death. But I can remember that verse because I've read a number of times. I have it in me. Oh, I hope all of you would be equipped with the word. Equip yourselves with the word. A little here, a little there. Well, in conclusion, I want to, I just want to mention this, this briefly concerning our attitude toward the word of God. What should be our attitude? And um, I want to read, I want to read one verse from Psalm 119. I, I really, I really want to encourage you. Read Psalm 119. Psalm, Psalm 119 is so, so special. Uh, I, I think I, I, I mentioned this to you, uh, 150, so, sorry, um, sorry, 100 and, there are 150 psalms, but I'm talking about Psalm 119, 
I'm telling you the verses. 176, 176 verses in, in this. I think I mentioned that earlier. And nearly every verse mentions the, the word of God or our attitude about the word. It shows the psalmist's attitude. And verse 48 says this, verse 48. I will lift up my hand to your commandments, which I love. And I will muse upon your statutes. I will lift up my hand to your word. Um, what does that mean? What does that mean? Maybe you have a thought like, oh, I lift up my hand to the word like this. And in some, Christ, some Christian meetings, you see people lift up their hands. But I, I think there, there's a meaning here. You know, I, I see uh, actually on my screen, I see Brother Paul there in Virginia. Hey, Brother Paul. Good to see you, brother. And and you know what he just did? He lifted up his hand to me. Like this. He went like this. What is it to lift up your hand? It's to welcome. It's to say hello. It's to greet. You know, when if you see somebody at a distance and you're walking toward them, you don't usually wait until you get into, you know, next to it, and then you just shake hands. Usually you... You lift up your hand and, and you and, and you wave, you wave, and probably you do it a few times. And then when you get close, what do you do? You lift up your hand again. And, oh, that should be our attitude toward the word. The word is coming. Hi, word. And, and then when the word comes right to us, we welcome the word. We should always welcome the word in our lives and in our, and in our hearts. And, the first way to welcome the word is to believe it. We need to believe God's word. We need to believe God's word. And we need to believe everything in God's word. And second is we say amen to God's word. Because sometimes God, God's word says things that are not popular today. And that don't go along with, with what I think should be. But that's God's word. And we should just say Amen. That's God's word. So we believe it. We say amen to it. Number three, treasure it. We treasure God's word. We just, we just, we hide it in our heart. We hide it in our heart and we treasure the word of God. And then number four, the last thing is read it. Because if we have all the others, but we don't actually read it, then what is it? It's all, it all means nothing. So what should our attitude be? We, we lift up our hand. We welcome it. We believe it. We say amen to it. We treasure it. And we read it. So bless you all, brothers and sisters. And I want to leave you with this charge. Uh, I want to borrow this from the Apostle Paul in Acts 20. I commit you all to the word of God the, to, and the word of his grace. Let me read it, actually. Let me read it to you. I commit you to God, yeah, to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. And I commit you to God and to the word of his grace that the, his word would be able to function all these things that we talked about in every one of us. Praise the Lord. Okay, brothers, I'll stop here and uh, 
send the meeting back to you all.